Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Clowny on the fast lane to Cleveland. The draft in Cleveland two weeks from tonight. The draft, one of the most memorable nights of Jadeveon Clowney's career. Of course, first overall pick in 2014. The Browns now have three number one overall picks on their roster. Miles Garrett, Baker Mayfield, and Jadeveon Clowney. Clowney, obviously a defensive stud. We're asking a question this morning that has to do with offensive studs. Most importantly, at the quarterback position, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin with Bart the habitual line stepper stepping in for Jay will who will be back next week. We're getting so much response on our Twitter question this morning, which is who's going to be making the Josh Allen like leap in 2021. Simply put Allen came in a little bit reckless, right? A couple years ago, careless with the ball. Great athlete. We don't know. Mm, sounds Boom. familiar, huh? <laughs> Boom. Next thing you know, he's an MVP candidate. So who's next to make that leap? 888-ESPN. Hit us up. 888-729-3776. And we'll get your thoughts Let's get yours, Bart. Who is going to be that guy in 2021? It's not even close. It's Danny Dimes. I mean, I think finally he's going to have the support around him that he needs. You think about Nate Soder coming back. He opted out last year. You think about Andrew Thomas. If they go and draft Rashawn Slater, you know, you know, the outstanding tackle from Northwestern, then that's going to give Danny all the protection he needs because guess what? He has everything a quarterback would want on the outside, right? It was Diggs last year that helped Josh get over the top. Well, they brought in Kenny Galladay. He already has Sterling Shepard. Darius Slater is a beast. They found him, you know, stole him. They got Kyle Rudolph and Evan Ingram. And no, Saquon Barkley is going to be coming off of, off of ACL surgery. He has an array of weapons that he's going to be able to take advantage of. He's a guy that's accurate down the field. He's more athletic than what most people give him credit for. He was one of the fastest guys clocked last year at 21 miles an hour. He was running so fast he couldn't stay up. He fell right to the ground. You know what I mean? But he got up to 21 <laughs> he miles an hour. He he's an accurate quarterback down the field with a huge, humongous arm. He's that traditional pocket presence that you expect that can see over the top of the defense. It's not even close key, and I don't want hear nothing else <laughs> who's your guy boy you make me feel like i'm getting ready to go play for a game everything is just football intense let's get hype my god i would say it's sam Darnold. um when you look at sam being traded to carolina he goes over there with a competent offensive coordinator and joe brady mm-hmm. he has dj moore he reunites with robbie anderson Kristen mccaffrey gets back into the lineup so they want him to succeed they brought him to Carolina to be successful. Sometimes guys go to teams, you know, because they need you as a backup, as a stopgap, whatever you want to call it. They need him as a future quarterback for them. They gave up what I would deem as a lot to get him, multiple draft picks that will equal to a first-round pick if they package that up and decided to trade. The Jets said, okay, you can have those three picks. Give us your one. They can get that. And I think when you look at him – Getting away from the Jets and getting to an established organization that's looking to win, that is trying to do all the right things to win football games, he puts himself in a much better position than he was with the Jets. And I know Josh Allen took some leaps and bounds. They went out there and got Stephon Dix and signed Cole Beasley. Things settled down for him. And I think it'll settle down for Sam in Carolina. It has to for them to be successful. He has all the tools and the makings to be a superstar quarterback in the National Football League, whether it's running the football, whether it's pulling it down on the perimeter. Multiple teams tried to acquire him. It's just that Carolina was able to get the job done and get the deal done. So we'll see what happens. The New York quarterbacks have been chosen, or former New York quarterbacks in Key's case with Sam Darnold, 
And with all the additions the Giants have made, Galladay especially, yeah. adding to a healthy Saquon, the whole deal, the way that they finished last year after keep that one my point. Start. Keep proving my point for me, Zoom. Keep going, <laughs> keep going. And Josh Allen, I mean, and he ran for 400 and, what, 423 yards last year as well. Danny Dimes can move, baby. Absolutely. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance, protecting your business with specialized coverages for your commercial vehicles. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. So we're going to get to some calls here on this particular topic and anything else, frankly, you want to talk about. But there's getting a lot of reaction. Who is this coming season's Josh Allen, the breakout quarterback that's going to take a gigantic leap? But we won't limit it to that. Whatever you want to talk about NFL wise, two weeks from the draft, it's all on the table. Chet in Los Angeles, you're on ESPN radio. Chet wants to go in a little bit of a different direction. What do you got? Hello. Hey, Chet. You're How are you doing? Good morning, guys. Hey, go for it. Chet, man, what you doing? Chet's still asleep, man. It's 5 o'clock in L.A. Chet, Chet. Good morning. How you doing? Good. What's up? You got to talk, man. Yes, I want to ask you guys a question of uh, with honesty and integrity in sports. Uh, is, is Brady and Belichick Ever gonna, you know, yeah, let, exactly. people, let people know that, you know, that those guys got caught cheating. Is that gonna get swept under the rug? Chet, that we we passed that. Chet, we passed that. Like, listen, they they got their uh, they got their punishment. You know, they got the fine. They lost the draft picks. You know, they've won since then. Brady isn't even on the same team anymore. So I think we passed him, you know, having to face retribution for that. Keisha, that's, that's from your hood, too. He from L.A. Chet from your hood. Chet just coming in, man. It's early. He's just getting in. <laughs> He's, getting He's just getting in from the club or somewhere. Probably getting back from Vegas. Stallion in Bristol, just because I love <laughs> the name here. Stallion in Bristol is going to answer our question. Who's going to be this year's Josh Allen? Good morning, Stallion. What's going on, brother? How are you? Is, what Bristol is this? Tennessee or Connecticut? CT, baby. All right. Home of ESPN. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I want to talk about Tua, man. He's ready to make that leap because Coach Flo, he's got his back. He's going to give him the keys. We're about to pick up Najee. He's finally going to have a running back. And that's all the help he needs right there. Mm, reunited with Najee Harris. I can't, I can't be mad at that. I can't be mad at that. I mean, you think about you know the addition of Will Fuller being able to stretch the football field, Devontae Parker, you know, who they have. You know, so well, maybe, you know, I don't know. Corey in Memphis, you're on ESPN Radio. Good morning. Hey, man, I'm going to disagree with all y'all, man. I don't think none of them quarterbacks even look nowhere near better than Tyler Haneke. How about that? <laughs> and, I'm, wow. and take this out. I'm sick of hearing about Lamar uh, wow. for uh, the Ravens, man. Wow. He's, he's like a quarterback with no arms, man. He can't get the job done. What you mean he got no arms? And, uh, and then, I mean, and then the guy clowning to be a first rounder, I think he's just a straight up bust. He never won a defensive player of the year. Uh, pro he's a three-time, bowl, he's a three-time pro think, bowler. He's a three-time pro bowler, bro. Oh, man, I feel crazy behind it. I didn't know that. Yeah, man, he's a three-time Pro Bowl. He's just not been a oh, high sack wow, guy. He plays, I, he plays I, I, more I of a high my research on that, man. It's all good. He does. He I'm going to let it go after that, guys, man. Y'all have a good day, man. I, I didn't even do my research on that. My bad. No, nah, good, man. He's a three. He, listen, Connor's a three-time Pro callers, Bowl. callers, man? I don't know, man. <laughs> Uh, we got we to be better, man. A lot of pressure here on Michael from Yonkers, New York. All right, Mike, pick, a, pick it up here. What you got? 
I love you guys. Uh, love your show. Love it, uh, the vibes, everything. I think Matthew Stafford is going to have the breakout year. He finally gets with a decent team, and he's going to—he's definitely going to make it happen. When it comes to the Jets, um, I would have kept Donald on my team, and I would have used my first two picks to draft linemen. Now Donald would have had a team. What I'm afraid of with all these free agents right now, the Jets have yet to pick a backup quarterback. So we're going to pick a quarterback at number two. He'll become the next Donald in two years because we still don't have a line in place for him. What do you think? I would probably say yes to that. Um, I would have kept Sam as well. I mean, I've been saying it the whole time and build around him. I got new coaches in here. You know, because if, if you put Sam in this year's draft and you just put him up against all these other guys and he was coming out of college and you put those numbers, he's going to be right there with them yeah, he'd be at the, the second top. Pick. Oh, he'll be the second guy. He, he might be a, the first. He would have been the second guy, I think. You know? You know, you, you know but, you know, listen, I, I agree with you. I believe that they should have kept Sam too, but I understand why they moved on. They wanted to reset the clock because they didn't want to have to pick up the option. And they know they're more than one or two years away from being ready to win you know, I think Joe Douglas isn't done as far as being able to, 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 to build this offensive line. He has a lot of flexibility because he has so many draft picks in this year's draft and next year's draft, and it's still out there. Listen, the, the, the elephant in the room is still, to me, somebody's going to end up with Orlando Brown Jr. He's a guy that wants to be moved. I think Baltimore's trying to shop him. And I wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore shops him on, on draft day to be able to move up so that they can solidify their wide receiver position, which they weren't able to really solidify in, in the uh, offseason. What should they have on. done, Zubin? The Jets. I like what the caller said because I think this could just be a repeat of the Darnold situation, right? If you can't get him protection, I don't care who you are, especially a guy that's going to be seeing, as you said, a ramping up in the quality of competition. Remember last year, BYU had to swap out Oregon on their schedule. I mean, all these teams that they were slated to play had to go off the schedule because the Big played, Ten and the Pac-12, right? They played somebody in, in Carolina, Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina and lost that game, yeah. by the way. So it'll be interesting. I agree with the caller. If you want this to be another situation with Darnold, except this guy's name is Zach Wilson, I don't care how great you are. You guys have always said it. Tom yeah. Brady, everybody faces pressure, right? Yeah. When someone's coming at you, they're all mortal. And he's smallish, too. It's not like I'm Sam, – Sam is a big dude. At quarterback, Zach Wilson is small. Zach Wilson's shoulders is like this. Yeah, Sam is, you know, thick. It's, it's. I don't know, man. Maybe I, I don't know enough about football. They got to teach me something because it just this Zach Wilson all of a sudden climbing up out of nowhere type stuff drives me nuts. Here's a guy who taught the Big Ten a little something in 2013, 14, and 15. He's on the way. You know, Cardale Jones burst onto the scene like almost nobody in college football over the last 20 years. I mean, yeah, Cam had the one amazing year, and there have been other players that have had great careers like Tim Tebow. But to come in under the circumstances that Cardale did— Not my top five. (laughs) Yes, yes, Tebow also not in there. We're still angry about that one. (laughs) Matt Leinard's listening, though. He's thrilled with Key's top five. But you got to say, Cardale Jones burst onto the scene like nobody— And, you know, there have been some really good Ohio State quarterbacks at the collegiate level that just haven't been able to make it work for whatever reason at the pro level. But these guys are legends, whether it's Cardell Jones or Braxton Miller or Dwayne Haskins or whoever the case. Troy Smith. um, Troy Smith won the Heisman Trophy. You got to mention him as well. But you just heard Marcus Spears and others say these quarterbacks, for whatever reason, 
Black quarterbacks at Ohio State, in the words of Marcus, maybe not getting their due, and they're seen a little bit differently. And as we know, everything is in the eye of the beholder, especially with the draft, which is two weeks from tonight. For more on that, let's bring in Cardale. He joins us this morning on the Goodyear Highline. Cardale, when you hear someone say they're lumping all these African-American quarterbacks in from Ohio State, and that's part of the reason that Justin Fields, who had a magnificent career, is now seeing his stock decelerate just a little bit, having been one of those guys in that group, what do you think? Uh, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me, as always. And First and foremost, I just want to say, um, before we get into the conversation, uh, Keyshawn, I'm praying for you and the family after the uh, loss of your daughter, man. Just want to let you know that Jones family is praying for you guys. But, yeah, I, I totally get the comments that he, that he made, but um, I, I don't know. I, I try to leave the black and white thing out of it, especially playing the quarterback position. Um, one thing I don't understand, like as we talk about Justin Fields, is why do we got to not do we because I don't do it, but why do these these experts, you know, got to put him down to bring another guy up like a like a Wilson or, or Mac Jones and things like that. But for for the lack of having opportunity, I think we just find ourselves in positions where we just don't have that opportunity early enough where a coach can see something promising in our careers to to be patient with us or to uh, um, understand that, hey, this is can be a potential growing process for the, for this young quarterback, but the upside is there. Yeah, and, and Cardell, you, you are 100% right. That's what I told the fellas earlier about when you look at the, the systems that you are in at Ohio State, not black or white. It could be Joe Germain. It could be Bobby Hoying. I can go on and on and on. At Ohio State, mm-hmm. it's the it's the style in which they play. Because you don't have the time to get ready in college for the pro game, sometimes it slowed things down for you when you got ready to go to the pros. But I see it different under Coach Day and what they've been able to do for, over the last couple of years. Sure. Where now you look at Justin Fields, Justin Fields is making all the throws. He's able to do a lot of different things. Receivers are actually running routes, not just bubble screening to death. So it's a little bit different. When you look at him from his athletic ability at at where he is now, is he the best athletic quarterback in the draft this year? For sure, by far. I mean, and, and, and but these other guys are up there as well. I mean, you you know, we and you just made a comment. I heard you about you know Wilson and where all this hype is coming from. What can Wilson do that Justin can't do and haven't done the past two years on the highest level of football Fair. and on the college side? You know, uh, I don't know what Wilson did the previous year, but he had a heck of a year this year. But imagine Justin Fields playing the competition that BYU was playing. Imagine Wilson playing the competition Justin Fields was playing the past two years outside of the Northwestern game. So if all this comparison and, and all this downplay on Justin, I just tell him, just go turn on the tape. Like, I don't know how I slide from – I don't know how I was getting all this praise as a number two quarterback projected, you know, second pick, all this other stuff beginning of the season, and I go out and have an unbelievable year, and now I'm still the number two quarterback, but I'm probably the fourth or fifth quarterback taken off the draft board. <laughs> Cardell Jones, former Ohio State quarterback, 2015 national champion, 12-gauge. Let me ask you this. Um, if he selected – Justin Fields as the number three pick in this year's draft to the San Francisco 49ers, which I'm projecting. Um, what type of NFL quarterback do you think he can be? Um, in, in that system, I think he would be an unbelievable 
player that's going to get out on the edge and, and get out on the pocket and, and make guys pay with his legs and, and his arm. But he still had the opportunity, still had the potential, still had the ability to drop back and kill you from the pocket. So you, you got a lot of guys like that right now. And, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not comparing freaking Justin to Aaron Rodgers, but that's the first thing I think about when I think about the quarterback, pick your poison. But that's going to be Justin as well. It's going to be like, hey, do we keep him in the pocket? Hey, do we try to contain him? And also, guess what? He's a 4-3 guy can run some of the zone read. So going into a 49er system where, where they like to get the quarterback out on the move, I think he'd be a perfect fit. I mean, if he does drop, I believe that is going to be a blessing in disguise because if he goes to the San Francisco 49ers, he's going to a, uh, to an organization that's ready to win now. It's just a team that was right struggling with injuries. And what, what he does and brings to the table, in my standpoint, just as a former linebacker, is his ability to hold the backside defensive end from flattening down the field uh, on the RPOs and also holding the backside linebacker because of his ability to keep the ball for the boots and waggles. But, you know, what we can't do, uh, you know, Cordell, uh, Cordell I'm sorry, what we can't do, I don't know why it's stuck in my head. I apologize. What we can't, what we, what we can't, what we can't do is ignore the history and the stereotype and the stigma of the black athlete and the narratives about his work ethic and his um, ability to process. You know, I believe is something that's been thrown out there. We can't ignore that historically because that's a narrative that's been put out there about the African American quarterback. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely out there, and I just don't understand why or how. I mean, when I was coming out, I didn't. And especially coming from a guy like the Ryan Day, so cerebral guy, had history in the NFL, had history with great quarterbacks. And, and you see what he did with a guy, you know, JT Bear, his last year of school, Dwayne Haskins, and, and now Justin for the last two days, uh, two years. Um, that narrative at Ohio State is no longer. I can't speak for every other system. I can't speak for every other player. But what I know Ryan Day and that offense is doing, he's, he's preparing these guys for the next level when it comes to to really read and whole field concept. You see them put them on the center in the last couple of years. And then when it comes to just the time before that and that, and that narrative of the black quarterback can't process it or, or don't know the things. I mean, I'm thinking about the time when I came out and I was training with a guy named George Whitfield, and we also had Connor Cook. Connor Cook, and this is not a downfall on Connor Cook. He came from a, a Michigan State pro-style system and things like that. But we went on the board. We went to our board. We're getting ready Stop. for the Car- draft. Car- Cardale, and we was Cardale, in the same Cardale, class. Cardale, don't get too real. I don't want you to get too real. <laughs> I, I, they ain't ready no, for no, that, he man. Went, he went to the board yeah, and went, oh, I don't want Cardell Jones doing not, that, man. But, it's too real. No, no, no. It's not, it's not a downplay. It's not a downplay on counter cricket. It's not a downplay on Michigan State. It's not a downplay on any other systems. But, you know, no offense to him. And just because he wasn't taught, even though he had an unbelievable career at Michigan State, he didn't, know for, he didn't even know fronts. When we started talking ball, and, and it, we had a guy named Jimmy Ray was our, our, our field yeah, coach when yeah. it came to NFL ball stuff. Yeah, Jimmy Ray. When you, yeah, when you're talking about processing information, when you're talking about, you know, and, and Jimmy Ray been around some of the best quarterbacks and some of the best players in the NFL, mm-hmm. period. And he's been X amount of years, right? And I asked him, who was his most ready quarterback that he ever coached or, or through the draft process? And he told me it was a black guy, Jameis Winston. Because of his ability to process information, his ability, his, his and how ready he was to take that next step yeah. at the next level, coming from college, and how well Florida State prepared him. Yeah. And like I said before, we get into board work. We start talking about you know reading defenses and rotations and blitz and stacks and overloads and fronts. And no offense to Connor, great guy, but like we was teaching Chinese to him. But but Cardell, you, you know how it goes, man. Once they once they put that out there. It's a scarlet it's, letter. It's it's six. It's we six. we've been in we've been in the locker room. We've been in the meeting rooms. We've been on boards. 
They will make you believe somebody smarter than somebody else just because that's what they want others to believe when we know different. Thank you for joining us today, man. Really appreciate it, and good luck to you along the way. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Tell Urban to pick you up too, man. (laughs) Man, will you? He should be the backup, man. Show some love, Urban. Where's the loyalty? A little reuniting in North Florida, according to Bart. So that was uh, Cardale likely in the Columbus area. Jean shorts backing them up. <laughs> Gardner Minshew, the Mississippi mustache. Let's head to one other place in Ohio real quick. She's been holding. Tony and Akron, you're on ESPN Radio. A little something about Justin Fields, huh? Hi, guys. What's up, T? So, how you doing? Bless your heart, sweetheart. We ain't going to even go there. I'm just going to say bless your heart. But anyway, I'm going to put it to y'all this way. One thing Cordell said was right. Um, when he said they're putting Justin Fields down to put these, uh, pick these other guys up, if you got to put me down to pick somebody else up, that already means I'm better than you. Yeah, it, it, but it's it, it, Tony. In all honesty, though, this is the draft process. Uh, what what I don't want people to ever do is get so frustrated with the draft process. You have to let it play out. I tried to remind guys earlier in the year. Uh, when football season first started, when we got certain people on our shows talking about how great Trevor Lawrence is and he's a can't miss and he's, he's, he's awesome. a family guy and he's a this. And it's like, well, wait a minute, man. You got to slow it down because by the time we get to April, names are going to fly all over the board. Guys like Zach Wilson is coming out of nowhere. And there's going to be other – Trey Lance next week, Trey Lance will be the top guy. For all we know, Urban Meyer sitting back – and just no, laughing don't say it, Key. Don't say because it. in the end, he may walk up to the, to the podium and give the card, and it may say Justin Fields. Wow. We don't know. <laughs> that would be the most Jacksonville thing to do, man. It's not Jacksonville. It's not. It's Urban Meyer. He's the head coach yeah. who's hired Ryan Day, who understands Ryan Day, who understands this young man in Justin Fields. We don't know. I don't give a damn what anybody's telling you. I don't care who's tweeting what out. You don't know until it happens. You don't know. I've been in the position of being drafted first overall. Oh, thanks. I know. Thanks for reminding us, Keith. I know what the New York Jets told me. And I know what I told the Jacksonville Jaguars sitting at two. And the next morning, the Jets took me. I didn't know when I went to bed if I was going to be the number one overall guy. I had no idea. Uh, history repeats itself. You know, a million years later, the Jets and Jacksonville in the same position. You know, that shows how what a great job they've done over the years since you were the first overall pick, Key. Yeah, quarter century ago. That would be Jeez. unreal if that scenario, Key said, comes to pass. You don't unreal. know. Real. Two weeks from tonight, we'll find out. On the way, a little NBA chatter. we got a month to go in the regular season, and the league's biggest problem is rearing its ugly head again. We'll talk about it with our NBA expert, KJZ rolls on ESPN Radio and on your smart speaker. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. 
Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. I know it's not going to be packed houses in the NBA playoffs this year, but home court is home court, even if these two teams are just a bus ride away. Big spot for Joel Embiid and the Sixers. Let's bring in Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst. There's so much to get to. But I, just, I guess we got to start with Embiid. Um, there's been a lot of MVP chatter around him. When you see what he did last night and just what he's done this entire season, not, men- not to mention staying healthy, Tim, how would you describe what you've seen from him this season? Uh, he's a completely different player in terms of his mentality. Uh, he comes to the arena now looking to dominate. I think his approach is much more businesslike. He clearly has had a transformation with his conditioning and his stamina, so he's able to stay on the court longer stretches and also be there and be really good in the last six minutes of games, which is something he has struggled with in the past. So for me, there's, it's night and day looking at the first part of his career with what he is doing this year. And you can credit you know, him. He gets most of the credit, but I think the coaching staff obviously has to get some credit here. They, they've gotten something out of him that the previous regime could not. And for me, that's why this is the MVP of the league. And I actually think it's a fairly wide margin between Joel Embiid and whoever you want to put second. And I don't care that he missed time. Who hasn't missed time, basically, in this kind of season? Everybody has missed a chunk of time. At the end of the day, he's going to get in 50-plus games if he stays healthy the rest of the year. 50-plus in a 72-game season is more than enough for me to say that this guy is the MVP because I can't imagine Philadelphia. And I know they won some games recently while he was out, but if you take him out of that lineup for an entire season and think that team could be anywhere near the top of the Eastern Conference. I think you're fooling yourself. Instead, they have the best record in the East, and he has been the most dominant, uh, certainly the most dominant big force in the game. He's so unique because of his power, his speed, and then I think what differentiates him most of all, his touch, his finesse, his ability to shoot the basketball despite being that big. You know, he's money at the line. He shoots fadeaway jumpers. He can shoot trail threes. That should not exist with a guy this big. And that's why he has this unique ability to dominate a game in ways right now that nobody else in this league really can quite like him. And that's why they've got a puncher's chance against Brooklyn, even if they're healthy, because he can attack them in a way that nobody else in the Eastern Conference really can. Legs, you use the word fool. I work with a fool here at ESPN on our show who, who, (laughs) who believes, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong, who believes that Joel Embiid, is the most skilled center in the history of the NBA. I got a guy that I think is, but you tell me. Well, I think for me that the two guys you'd be talking about that would go into this conversation would be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Hakeem Olajuwon. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, and I started saying this back in, in, in mid-January when I started saying this was the MVP to me, He's the closest thing we've seen to Olajuwon in his prime. And that, to me, is probably the most overall skilled big man this league has ever seen. Because you have to have the combination of being able to go into the post, 
and completely overwhelm and dominate a guy physically down there. Both of these guys could do that and be a little bit more powerful than Hakeem. Hakeem did it down there with his footwork and his ability to just get you off balance, get you leaning different directions. You saw what Hakeem did to David Robinson, you know, in that famous series against the best defensive player in the league. Uh, he was unguardable down there. But then you also have to be able to go out. Can I make a mid-range? Can I get to the line and make important free throws? Can I pass out of double teams? And Beach struggled with that. He's much better this year. He doesn't play around with the ball as much. So I think that's the best comparison. And then I think, you, you know, you can't deny the skill that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had as a big guy with what he mastered with the sky hook, uh, his fluidity, the way he ran the floor. You know, Kareem also would be on that list. But I think for me, it might be Hakeem and Joel Embiid if you really want to get it to a head-to-head debate. Sounds like we're both right, Key. I yeah. don't know. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Leg, so let, let's go to Curry. Curry, you know, I, and I didn't notice. For some reason, I feel like, and a lot of people feel like this, I'm sure, uh, chasing that 14 threes. He feels like he can get that. I thought he already had it plus some, but I guess not, huh? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I saw a stat. Look, I think by this point, we all think we've seen everything there is to see out of Steph Curry. You think about this. He's a two-time MVP. He was a unanimous MVP. He was on a team that went 73-9. and He's a three-time champion. And yet, you can argue this is the best stretch of basketball he's ever played. Look at the last five games. The guy's made almost eight threes a night on 54% shooting from the three-point line and averaging 41 points a game. So this is Steph Curry at his best. And we thought that was probably behind him. We knew he'd still be really good, but not this good. Um, This is so special what we're watching right now out of Steph. It's really hard to put into words some nights. I saw a graphic the other night that blew me away. And again, I don't get awed anymore. Typically, you know, I've been doing this a long time. When I saw the graphic put up a couple games ago that said there have been, you know, in terms of guys making 10 threes in a game in history, right? I thought to myself, if you had asked me a question, how many times has he done it? I would have said, uh, he's probably done it six, eight times. I don't, I don't, how about 19 counting last night? 19 (laughs) times he's made 10 threes in a game. You know who's second on the list? Clay Thompson. And in fact, if you take all of the guys who have done it more than one time, and added all those games together, they don't equal as many times as Steph Curry has done it. That's what we have seen throughout his career. Uh, I said it before, I'll say it again. When you talk about the three skill components of the game, dribble, pass, shoot, because that's really where the skill is, this guy has the greatest combination of those three skills of any player we've ever seen. If you ranked every player 1 through 100, gave him a rating and those three skills, I think if you totaled those up, Steph Curry's going to come out the highest because he's got one of the best handles in the league. He's the greatest shooter of all time by a lot. Um, and, and this guy also is obviously a great playmaker that doesn't get enough credit for his passing ability because we're so wowed by his shooting. That's how good Steph Curry has been throughout his career. And fortunately for us, he's not close to the end because this might be the best stretch of his entire career. Mm -hmm. And that says something to the max and keep in mind, he's been playing with the tailbone injury, just another superstar that's been banged up the entire way legs. Thanks for the perspective. The playoffs a little over a month away. Appreciate it. Thanks guys. Uh You got it on the way. The NFL draft two weeks from tonight. So we're going to line it up. Take your pick between key and Bart. We'll line up QBs against each other. 
We'll line up pass catchers against each other and make the fellas make a choice before teams make a choice for real. Two weeks from tonight. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Here we go. It's take your pick. It's as simple as this. We'll line up a couple guys, and then the fellows will make their choices. The draft, of course, is two weeks from tonight. And just as I'm trying to read all of this on my phone, Key and Jay are texting back and forth. So every yeah, time I, every time I try to look at something, I can't. i got to move the text here. All right, here we go. <laughs> Ready to go. <laughs> NFL Draft Edition. And by the way, Cardell Jones is going to weigh in in just a couple minutes with some really interesting things regarding the Wilson Fields debate. Speaking of Wilson, guys laid on the line. Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence likely picks one and two. Take your pick. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence has showed me a body of work with big-time competition. Doesn't necessarily mean when you play against smaller competition you can't excel at the next level, but I like guys that have shown me for four, three to four years at the highest level they could consistently get it done. The young man's only lost two games in college football. That is very true. Yes, he has had a lot of productive NFL-type talent around him, but he didn't screw it up. I didn't see where Wilson has taken BYU to the next level. Usually on smaller schools with players like this, they take that program to the uh, to a next level to, to warrant their draft position or their praise. I haven't seen it yet. I mean, I don't have to overcomplicate. I'm taking um, Trevor Lawrence. I believe that, you know, he's a traditional, he's the evolution of the position. He's a mix of the old school and new school. He's tall enough to throw over the defense, but he's mobile enough to be able to do the RPOs and do everything. And if we think that Justin Herbert set the league on fire and put it on notice, he's a better version of me, to me of Justin Herbert. Jacksonville just can't mess him up. How about that? Also keep in mind those two collegiate losses both came in the college football play. If you got to get there to be able to earn that opportunity. Next up, take your pick. A couple of SEC pass catchers. LSU's wide receiver Jamar Chase, Florida's tight end Kyle Pitts. Take your pick. Kyle Pitts in this situation for me because if I'm thinking that he may be going to the Miami Dolphins, for instance, they have receivers. They don't need another wide receiver. They need another playmaker, and Kyle Pitts certainly can give them that at the tight end spot. You could detach him from the line of scrimmage, mismatches on safeties, walkout linebackers like Bart Scott that cannot run with him that is much smaller than him. The only problem problem that I have with a guy like this is when I bring him back in in line, can he – block on the edge can he take on the big time defensive ends or the defensive tackles twisting can he do those sort of things and if he can then he'll be a superior tight end in this league 
I mean, I'm, I'm taking pitch as well. I don't need him to block anybody. He can just hit him in the kneecaps. I don't need him to do that. I'm paying you to catch the ball, not to set the edge for me in the run game. But when you look at what he's able to do outside, when you look at this draft, he's the one of one. There's nobody else in this draft that's like him. You know, Javar Chase, you know, people forget how dominant he was because he opted out. But you, you still got Devontae Smith. You still got Jalen Wilder. You still have a lot of impact players that you can really, you know, get in the later part of the draft. If you're not picking Kyle Pitts, then, you're, then the, the drop-off is a lot more steeper than any other position in the draft. They're not going to have any steep drop-off at the wide receiver position at Alabama, even after these two guys leave Alabama to go to the NFL teammates. But adversaries here, Key, Jalen Waddell, Alabama's wide receiver, against the Heisman Trophy-winning wide receiver for the Crimson Tide, Devonta Smith. You know, this is an interesting one because, you know, both of them have a certain skill set that if you don't know what to do with them, Within your system, they could be wasted talent. But in in this case, I'm going to take Jalen Waddle. I think Waddle is a guy because of his ability to return punts, his ability to possibly return kickoffs. But you can also do a lot of different things with him. And his speed, the acceleration, the four three type speed. He's on the smaller side, kind of like a Tyreek Hill to a degree. But you got to know what to do with him. You can't just fly sweep him to death. You can't just line him up in the slot and think that's the only thing that he's capable of doing. Let's see what more you can get out of him other than lifting coverages. I'm going to go with Devontae Smith, man. You know, Devontae Smith, I'm going to go with him, um, Heisman Trophy winner. He's a guy who can high point the ball. He's a guy that can give you that yak, that run after those yards after the catch. He can take a, you know, a hitch. He can also go deep. So I, what I, want, I want a guy that can be able to do everything. I think right here we're watching him on a jet sweep. That shows you that he can, you know, you know has the ability to, to attack the ball. You can put him in the slot. I know he's a little slight, but so was Marvin Harrison, and he did quite well for himself. You know, so I'm going with um, Jalen Waddle. Man, okay. I'm sorry, Devontae Smith. You're going with Devontae. Okay, we'll mark that down. Obviously, those quarterbacks are thrown to those two guys like Mac Jones. We're in great shape, but you got to protect your quarterback, too, leading us to a couple of great linemen. Probably the first two picked, you would think, Rashawn Slater from Northwestern and Penay Sewell from Oregon. Take your pick. Two big bookends here, but I like Penny Sue. If you think a guy is close to Anthony Munoz, here's one right here. I think when you talk about an offensive lineman that can mull you at the point of attack, can pass, protect, can do a lot of different things, very athletic. In fact, he has a younger brother that's playing at Oregon well that's just as athletic. So when you look at him, I think this is one of those can't-miss tackle type situations where he could be a defining moment for your offensive line 10, 15 years down the line. I mean, he's super young as well, but, you know, I would, you know, say Sewell, but I have to go on the flip side because the people that I trust, you know, the lineman opinions that I trust, Damon Woody, other guys say that Rashawn Slater is the better player. So, you know, you know against Keyshawn, I, I would say that uh, Rashawn Slater is a player that I'm going to go with strictly because I don't know as much about that position as I do about other positions. So I take the advice of Damon Woody, who's an expert, who was outstanding uh, lineman himself. Indeed. Slater has everything going for him. Mel Kuyper Jr. compared Sewell not just to Anthony Munoz, but to Walter Jones as well. That is unbelievable. Mm, I didn't even know that. How about that, right? Last one. Here we go. A couple quarterbacks. Trey Lance, North Dakota State, Justin Fields, the Ohio State University. So much swirling around Fields. We'll get to that in a second. Take your pick first. I'm going to go with Justin Fields. I've seen more of Justin Fields than I have of Trey Lance. He's shown me in big-time college football he can deliver. Although, again, much like Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, just because you play smaller competition doesn't mean you will not be effective in the National Football League. I just think that Justin Fields, a guy who originally went to Georgia, decided to leave Georgia for a number of reasons, and then goes to Ohio State, wins the job, has them in the college football playoffs two years in a row. I think it's just one of those deals where you look at him and you say, okay, 
with the right situation, the right coaches, he can excel at the National Football League, especially with his athleticism. I'm going to go Trey Lance because I like projects. I like, I like raw talent. And just because he's not you know, at the top now, you know, it doesn't mean that he can't be the best outside his draft. I think he's going to fall. He's going to get good coaching because he's not going to be forced to play. He has a big arm. Also, he's really mobile outside of the pocket. I know that Justin Fields is that as well, but I love the fact that Trey Lance has that big arm and he's really smart with the ball, much like uh, Justin Fields. But I, I'm going to go Trey Lance because he's so raw and he's an underdog. We'll find out what happens two weeks from tonight with every single one of the guys we just talked about, all surefire first-round picks. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Earlier today, Cardell Jones joined us on the Goodyear Hotline to say, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, we got this backwards? What can Wilson do that Justin can't do and haven't done the past two years on the highest level of football on the college side? Imagine Justin Fields playing the competition that BYU was playing. Imagine Wilson playing the competition Justin Fields was playing the past two years outside of the Northwestern game. So if all this comparison and, and all this downplay on Justin, I just tell him, just go turn on the tape. Like, I don't know how I slide from, I don't know how I was getting all this praise as a number two quarterback projected, you know, second pick, all this other stuff beginning of the season. And I go out and have an unbelievable year. And now I'm still the number two quarterback, but I'm probably the fourth or fifth quarterback taking off the draft board. Makes all the sense in the world. Doesn't mean anything. Wilson's still going second. A Heisman Trophy winner who's heading back to campus is back with us next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.